our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. Tonight, as I said, we take a look at that press conference. Uh, kicked off at around 4 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, press conference of uh, Chairman of the ANC, Gweda uh, Mandashe, and also a Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. Uh, but also, I guess, uh, in his capacity as former Secretary General of the ANC when uh, all of the uh, said events unfolded. And, um, yeah, the uh, Zondo Commission's report recommending that uh, he should be probed for corruption after receiving security installations for no charge from Bosasa. And this comes uh, from the State Capture Commission of Inquiry report, which was released at 7 p.m. yesterday. Now, Minister Mandashi held a press conference at 4 p.m. this afternoon, and uh, one gentleman who certainly was there, and Utabuza Mibuzo Kalum from Kul is Samkele Maseko, political reporter here at uh, the SABC. Maseko, good evening, Baba Gunjan. Good evening, Abba, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you Always very much. Ah, good, my brother. Man. Hey, I could see Ukwati was quite frustrated there uh, with uh, some of the questions that you were posing to him. Before we get into, I guess, what, how the press conference unfolded this afternoon, for the benefit of some of our listeners who might not be familiar with some of the issues at play here, paint a picture for us of what the Zondo Commission uncovered insofar as security installations in the homes of uh, then Secretary General of the ANC, Kweda Mandashe, involved. Essentially, the third part of the state capture report found that there's a prima facie case or evidence uh, of uh, corruption and wrongdoing in the part of former ANC Secretary General Guedemantashe when it comes to the security upgrades at uh, his three properties, one in Boxburg, the second in Gala, and the third one, which is his commercial farm out in the Eastern Cape, where Babali Shabani facilitated uh, security upgrades for his home and long signed one of uh, his head of security at the time when he was Secretary General of the ANC at mm-hmm. Hitchley House. The State Capital Commission report uh, essentially found that there's wrongdoing on the part of Kiramantashe and is a classic case of how a business is enabled and has access to all ANC structures on the virtue of their relationship with the top echelons of leadership of the African National Congress, in particular, Secretary General then Kodamantashe, then President Jacob Delefe Isazuma, and the likes of Nombula Mukonyana, who was an ANC NEC member and also the Minister of Water and Sanitation in the country. For instance, the report goes further to say that uh, it says it would be catastrophic for Busasa if the ANC were to lose power, which is in, in turn basically meaning that all of Busasa's businesses were intertwined and interlinked mm-hmm. with the ANC maintaining power and governance, particularly when you look at that world of the African National Congress that was held on Busasa premises, which even the then ANC deputy president, Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa, went to see, and even for his own internal ANC campaign, received a 500 thousand rand donation from African Global Operations, formerly trading as Posasa. So, so I mean, just what was the explanation by Gweda Mandashe put forward to the Zondo Commission? I, I mean, I understand some of it was that, you know, these um, monies spent on these installations uh, in his homes in Gala, Elliot and uh, in Boxburg were akin to a traditional contribution that one might you know make at a traditional wedding uh, or um as some people might say i mean maybe talk to that just briefly and that's Mantasha is saying that uh, he had bought his own cameras and was installing them with the assistance of his head of security mm. then and uh, one day papali shabani came to his home in boxburg and saw the security and the camera that Mantasha had set up and then advised his head of security that these cameras that they put up are mediocre. He can facilitate 
high-level cameras that are of the highest technology mm. that they can assist Gwela Mantashi with. Mantashi goes further to say he has a very close relationship with Papali Shabane, who was an executive and a shareholder at African Global Operations, formerly trading as Busafa, and uh, he's essentially become a family friend of the Mantashi home, that mm. is Papali Shabane, who's also seemingly very close with Zizi Wotwa and a number of ANC politicians. He's also named in the state capture report, along with uh, with uh, Joe Gumede, who is and was the then uh, board chairperson of uh, Busasa and African, uh, African Global Operations. So in essence, it shows a web of how Busasa was capturing ANC politicians from Cedric Froelich, from Vincent Smith, Lombula Mukunyane, Kureman Tashe, and a host and a whole number of other ANC politicians and how their businesses were intertwined with the ANC being in, business, being in government. But it also speaks to how ANC politicians are easily susceptible to bribes from business people whom in turn want those ANC politicians to influence government contracts in order for their businesses to sow. And a classic case and example is how Papa Lishabane was able to facilitate those security upgrades to all of Gwede Mandashi's properties. Mm, mm, mm. Now, today... Kwere Mandashe decides, and uh, I mean, as he started the presser today, saying, look, he's been getting calls from many of you, and I'm sure uh, you've been also burning up his phone as well, and uh, he felt that he should just rather address all of you um, as a group um, and, uh, I guess, get uh, and be done with it. Uh, Talk to me about, I guess, how that presser, one, unfolded, what you made of the statement he made, but also his response to some of the questions that were posed by yourself and your counterparts. Well, Abonga, one has to give it to Kwele Mandashi. He's one of the few ANC politicians in the top echelons of that party who's always available on his phone. All others is either you will never find them on their phone or their phones are always off. Mm. They never respond to their WhatsApps. They never respond to their direct messages. They are just basically individuals whom you just only see at press conferences or events of, of the ANC. So Gwede Mantashe is one of those few politicians. But in essence, the press briefing came about with him saying that he's been receiving a barrage of questions from us media practitioners, mm. and he thought, let me go and address the issue head on. But one of the main highlights of his press briefing was that he's taking the state capture report, the third part of it on judicial review, saying that the, the commission and the deputy chief justice, the chairperson of the state capture commission of inquiry, based all of their findings on assumptions and not facts, and that his presentation, where he went there five times, was not taken into account. So in essence, he's saying that the only person whom the commission believed was Angelo Aguidzi and not the presentations that he made and not the presentations of other people involved within the Busasa investigation. And he goes further to say that the commission must be very careful of not finding itself at the crossfire of sectional battles of the African National Congress, and that he will not step aside just because there is allegations hanging over his head as he is not yet formally charged. As per the ANC step-aside resolution, it says when you are formally charged, you must then step aside. Mandashe is speaking to that manuscript of the African National Congress that he will only step aside once he's formally charged until then is only dealing with the judicial review of the state chapter uh, report. And if he is held upon to go to the ANC's internal mechanism of dealing with the state capture commission report for this new structure that is set up or the integrity commission, he would then uh, go and, and, and present himself to the ANC's integrity commission, but 
strictly he will only step aside when he is formally charged. If and when he's formally charged. I mean, I guess that in a way this places the ball squarely in the court of the NPA because, I mean, he's saying that the report itself doesn't say there's a prima facie case against him, uh, but that the suggestion is if there was a bit more digging and investigation that there might be. In essence, he's saying that uh, he, he's throwing the ball right into the NPA, and uh, it's up to the National Prosecuting Authority to now uh, investigate and uh, come up and charge Pedro Mantashe if they find any evidence of wrongdoing, uh, of wrongdoing against him. Then he was still the Secretary General of the African National Congress. And it also presents an interesting case because you've got Batuba to trust. Uh, which is doing business with the Department of Mineral Resources, which has just donated 15 million rand to the African National Congress. They've declared that particular donation. And on the other hand, side you've had Busasa, whom were doing business with government and also donating millions of rands to uh, to the ALC, and going further to provide those million millions of rands to ANC politicians as well, and those whom were heading state-owned institutions as board chairs and allegedly people like Dudumini who received mm. 300,000 rand in Louis Vuitton bags. Yes, so yes. it presents a scenario once again of the relationship between private business and the African National Congress Masel, and Masel. government tenders. We'll continue after this brief spot break. Send your voice notes to Metro FM Talk. My brother, I have one hour. Sure, sure. I was listening to the minister's press conference, Mr. Mantashe. Hey, South Africa. The man he denies everything. He's telling journalists how to ask questions, what <laughs> question to ask. Hey, my brother. Hey, I don't know. It's Stuart here from Katlehong. Sure, sure, Stuart. Uh, out there in uh, Katlehong and uh, yeah I guess uh, Samgele I'm quite interested in uh, your thoughts on uh, what um, what I guess has come out of uh, that presser you know Stuart saying uh, very evasive very combative um, indicating to yourselves by him and what you're asking is irrelevant Um, and I guess especially to a uh, in a response to one of the questions you had posed uh, saying look you can't really say the fortunes of Bosasa were tied to the ANC being in power because the ANC is still in power and yet Bosasa has been liquidated. What did you make of how, I guess, uh, he framed his responses to the questions that were posed to him? Karamandashe is one of the ANC's most seasoned communicators when it comes to political communication. He is not one of those who easily buckles down during interviews. So I was not surprised that he came across as abrasive, he came across and very confident. Mm. Uh, that's how Pere Montache portrays himself, particularly within press briefings. Even when the heat is very hot in the kitchen, he is able to manage and swerve and worm his way through whichever situation he finds himself. So it was not surprising that he came across in that particular manner. But what was rather interesting was how he was just not able to answer certain questions directly. He was not able to answer how his relationship with African Global Operations came about, how his relationship with Busasa was essentially formalized by Papali Shabani on the virtue that he knew Papali Shabani and Papali Shabani knew other people around Kwede Mantashi's circle, and how there is one common denominator amongst all three ANC politicians whom are named in that report, 
Vincent Smith received security upgrades at his home. Cedric Froelich received security upgrades. You go to Guadalajara security upgrades. Nomvula Mukanyane as well in her home also received the Inkahiso received security upgrades and another one of her properties received security upgrades. So it shows you that the security part of the African global operations business also assisted ANC politicians just like how they had security installation upgrades for correctional services facilities and how they were able to capture other uh, ANC politicians, whether it be be in the Portfolio Committee of Correctional of Justice and Correctional Services and also the various uh, people and HODs and senior bureaucrats that worked within the Correctional Services Department whom also had a relationship with Posasa. So it tells you of a wider web that Guido Mandashi tried at all costs to speak about and in essence avoided saying that Posasa was in essence the heart of state capture, mm. just like it was with the Kunta Brothers. <laughs> Now, now, in a sense, I guess the, the, there's something else uh, to this, you know, um, particular press conference that there was this afternoon, um, and that's, you know, insofar as um, this whole notion of judicial review is concerned. Um, and a very interesting question coming through from one of our listeners here, uh, Edmond Charlie, saying, "Look, what happens if all of those who are implicated in the Zondo report take the report on judicial review? Does that then mean the report itself, um, you know, I guess?" might have some issues uh, and um, you know if you want to take this report must you do that within a particular time period after it has been given to the president what is very clear here is that the president has four months to implement a plan of how they are going to roll out the investigation and to hold accountable those who are at the heart of state capture and leasing state resources he was given that extension by the north Howden high court which uh, the chief justice, the deputy chief justice and chairman of the state capture commission went to apply for another three months extension, which automatically means that the president has four months to present a plan to parliament. It would also mean that the deputy chief justice and the chairman of the state capture commission is going to be busy for a very long time because it's not only Guadalajara who's going to take the state capture report on review. It's got the likes of Malu Sikikaba who's also indicated of doing the same. You've got the likes of business people like Oswald Mashaba, who's currently in litigation with uh, the, the commission and the deputy chief justice of the virtue that he was summoned to the state subject commission of inquiry to present his arguments for Shifam Morel, but he did not go, he did not go present any of his arguments and basically said he's got a written submission and that written submission is what stands. It does not need to go there. Mm. It's what other politicians are going to contest their names being named in this particular report, which basically shows you that the Deputy Chief Justice and the State Chapter Commission is going to be still very busy for the longest of time for those who will be litigating against this particular report. But I guess, I mean, there's another question then there, because a lot of this report has been worded in a way that defers to the prosecuting authorities, that says, look, we don't have the authority to investigate some of this stuff, nor to prosecute. Um, and so, I mean, what do you make of the pressure that is going to be put or placed to bear on the NPA um, to make sure that, you know, there's a lot of pressure in the society to bring people to book, a lot of pressure for, for there to be, you know, uh, recognizable people uh, who are wrapped over the knuckles for some of what has been uncovered in this report. How will Shamila Batoya and her team deal with this? 
It's going to be very interesting how Shamila Potoy and the team handle this particular matter matter because you've got uh, a variety of ANC politicians who are going to be litigating on this issue. It also speaks about the pressure that society, some within society and those who are implicated in wrongdoing are already uh, speaking about the state capture report, particularly if you look at the life of Maluku Tsukawa, our faith. Billions of rands have been used to investigate state capture, but yet again, the report says further investigation must be done by law enforcement agencies like the investigative directorate uh, and also the National Prosecuting Authority. So it basically tells you that the NPA still has to go to the state capture uh, commission, get those documents, peruse them for themselves, and see if there indeed there is a prima facie case, go further to this, and then only formally charge those particular individuals whom are implicated in wrongdoing, which basically means still we are still going to see millions, if not billions of rands being used further to further investigate what has already been investigated mm. by the State Sector Commission of Inquiry. Politically, Masako, what does all of this mean? I mean, we heard Kweda Mandashe, uh, you know, as soon as the uh, um, you know, commission concluded its work, saying the outcomes and the findings of this commission must not be used by comrades to beat one another um, and I'm quite interested I mean in what a comment like that means in a year as busy as the one we are in uh, in political terms many organizations in, in the alliance going to the factions of the ANC are still going to be sharpened contradictions are still going to be sharpened going towards the national policy mm. conference slash national general council it's going to get worse as the ANC goes to its regional, provincial, and national conference in December. It means those whom are against certain leaders of the ANC are going to use the state capture report to purge their political opponents. Mm. 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 Yeah, it sounds like uh, 2005 once again. Um, I mean, if I think about it. Um, and of course, purging and counter, you know, mobilizations to all of that. Um, Maybe just the last one, uh, uh, Masego. I mean, uh, in terms of what has been released here, uh, what are some of the big things in this uh, release that came through yesterday at uh, 7 p.m.? We know there's some stuff on Bosasa, some stuff on ESCOM. What else? In essence, what mainly what we are now waiting for is for issues of ESCOM to come out. One of the biggest highlights of the report last night was that it found no evidence of wrongdoing against the ANC President Cyril Maposa. Mm. For the money he had received of 500,000 rands from African Global Operation, then trading as the South Africa CR17 campaign, it speaks of the relationship of his son, Andile Ramaphosa, and Gavin Watson, and also the Gusasa a group of companies, and how it is basically exempted the ANC president. And essentially, the report goes further to say that uh, the, the issue of the 500,000 rands is being dealt by the public protector, which has subsequently gone to the court of law with the president taking the, the public protector's report on legal review, particularly at the North Gauteng mm. High Court, with those, with those uh, conclusions and findings of that particular case being done by uh, Justice Judge President Justin Lambo of the North Gauteng yeah. High Court. So yeah. in essence, for now, the ANC president gets away. We eagerly wait for his role when it comes to Glencoe. And ESCOM, with that evidence that was led by the likes of Brian Muller yes. and Magella Popo and how it's going to come out, and findings against former President Jacob Zuma, the Gupta's optimum coal mine, and how that business of Glencoe, which is seemingly close to Cyril Ramaphosa through Exaro, will then shift and show 
the relationship with how the Kupta took over from the Exaros slash Glencliff. Yeah, yeah. Ish, and all of those, those are the cold contracts after this. Uh, maybe a last one, but uh, Masala, we saw um, just on some of your tweets there that there's a PTT in the province of the Eastern Cape. Why is this? Is it because the term of um, the PEC that was elected in 2017 has lapsed? The term of the ANC PEC has lapsed. The term of the ANC in Pumalanga has lapsed. Provincial PEC that the term of offices have lapsed cannot yet prepare and assist the ANC to go to provincial conferences mm. because that becomes an automatic litigious issue from those who may be disgruntled and illegitimate structure was presiding over the province to take it to conference and thus had an invested interest. And so the ANC, from one of its court findings, as that uh, saw one of their PECs being disbanded through the court, it said that once the PEC term of officers left, that structure must automatically be turned into a provincial task team or it must be disbanded and the IPC or PTC put into place. Samgele Masego, always a pleasure, my brother. Thank you very much for your time. Sabo, Samuel Masego, the political reporter here at the SABC, uh, taking us through, yeah, the uh, latest there uh, coming out of uh, that presser uh, this afternoon by Gweda Mandashe and uh, the revelations in uh, the latest instalment from the Zondo Commission report and, uh, yeah, the latest coming out of the Eastern Cape. Let us know your thoughts on that particular score. Send your voice notes to Metro FM Talk 79191.